Well, that's wonderful, amen? See those faces of those people? 130 people saved, 500 visitors. And we have just a small part in that as we support them, you understand? And what a joy it is to see um, those children and those people there in Ethiopia getting the gospel, finding out about Jesus Christ and his great love. So we're thankful for the Love Groves. We're thankful that we could partner with you and uh, that we could have a voice here in, in our area to tell people about Jesus Christ and to know and understand the gospel and to know and understand that God is in control. We'll take your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11 as we begin this morning. And uh, thank you so much for your faithfulness and praying for the ministry and praying and giving and tithing. Our, our offerings have been wonderful during this time. We have the offering plates in the back there. Uh, this morning we're going to receive a love offering for the Love Groves. So if you'd like to give them a gift, you can use one of the envelopes there in the pew and just make the check out, put it in the envelope and drop it in the uh, the offering plate, and that'll go towards them, and uh, just thankful for them. And they're, they're, they go to Ethiopia, they have a mission there, and uh, to a ministry there. The title of our message this morning is Life is a Journey, but the journey of life is, is all about what doing what God wants, living in, in where God wants you to live, living how God wants you to live. And uh, they're living where God wants them to live, and they're living how God wants them to live. And so here we are in our journey uh, here in the state of California, uh, the past area, doing the work of God and reaching people with the gospel. And I hope this morning's message will be an encouragement to you. Uh, as we live in these unsure days, these days of pandemic, um, and uh, we just look to God. I'm telling you, God's in control. And we see it here, the Bible says in chapter 11, verse 1, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and keep his charge, and his statutes, and his judgments, and his commandments always. And so that's the foundation of the blessings of God. That's the foundation of this whole message. That's the foundation of the message to the children of Israel. From the day that this was given till, the, till this day, as they follow God and as they do what God tells them to do, they would be blessed. Today we, follow, we are followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We look to Him. And so the way today to live to be blessed is to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and walk by faith and not by sight. And so the Bible says here, and know, this, this, and know ye this day, for I speak not with your children, which have not known, and which have not seen, and the, and the, chas the, the chastisement of your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm, his, st his stretched out arm. He said, but you know, the children haven't seen it, but you have. And so we lead the children, we lead our families. We lead them to Christ. We lead them by, the, by His grace. And what uh, many children are getting to see today during these days is God provide during a pandemic. God provi to provide uh, during the worst down, downturn in the history of our country economically. 
the world's economy, the money that people make, the, the jobs that they have, their homes that they have, the cars that they drive, everything is in jeopardy around the world, not just here, around the world. And yet God is in control. God has blessed. God has watched over you, and he'll continue to do so. And so I'm thankful for the ministry here of Mountain Avenue Baptist Church. I'm thankful for the ministry of Calvary Christian School. And as we move forward into this next phase of, uh, of this year, you remember now our theme is God first this year. We put God first in everything. Little did we know that we were going to have to have great faith this year, greater than we've ever had when it comes to the economy, greater than we've ever had when it comes to our jobs, greater than we've ever had, we've had to trust God. Um, because we don't know. We don't know the future. We don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know is that God is with us. We see it here as God blessed the nation of Israel. He met their needs and uh, he watched over them. And the miracles of his acts, it says in verse number three, which he did in the midst of, e of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all his land. And what he did unto the army of, the, uh, of Egypt and unto their horses and their chariots and how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you. And how the Lord hath destroyed them unto this day. And what he did unto you in the wilderness until, uh, until th this day. Until he brought them out. You see, God had already provided for them. God had already taken care of it, um, and yet uh, he's reminding them. I was talking to a pastor friend uh, not too long ago, and he said very little of the person that goes to church all the time, very little will be new to them, but they always have to be reminded. We always have to be reminded of what God says. We always have to be assured of what God says. We forget we forget so easily uh, how God has provided. We forget just our salvation experience and coming to Christ, knowing for sure we're on our way to heaven. And said, don't, he's saying here, don't forget it. Remember, remember what he did unto you in the wilderness until you came into this place. And don't forget this, what he did unto um, Dathan and, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them up, all their households, their tents, their substance, and all that was in their possession in the midst of all Israel. They were disobedient to God, and God swallowed them up. They died. And so back in, in Bible, in this time, when they disobeyed, God would kill them. It was pretty serious. We're living in the age of grace. God's, is, God's very graceful. And people are, are wicked and evil and ungodly. And, and we wonder why they're still living. We wonder, God, you know, why wouldn't that person die? And this person's died and they're a godly person. Well, you know what? That godly person went to heaven. You understand? They're in heaven uh, forever and ever. The evil person, they might, George Burns lived to be 100 years old. And he mocked God all the way through it. But he's died, folks. He's in hell forever and ever. 
I'm talking about forever. He died and went to hell, and he'll be there forever. So what's the exchange? A hundred years on this earth, living the way you want to live, and eternity in hell forever? No. And so we don't, what we do on our journey is we just trust God. We're all on this journey. We all have a life will soon be, be passed. Only what's done for God will last. And so one of the blessings about being a pastor, about being a, a father and a, a leader, is to give the challenge to the children to the young people, to the families, to my children, now my grandchildren, to live for God, invest their lives in God's things, and uh, provide a church for them to go to. And uh, that's what's the blessings here. But I want you to notice something. In verse number seven, it says this, but your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord, which he did. He's going to tell them how he's going to provide for them in the promised land. But you've already seen it. You already get it. You've already got it. You don't need any more, but I'm, let me remind you of what I've done for you. And let me tell you what's going to happen when you go into the promised land. God's, God has given them a promise of a new land. But the new land's going to be different. The new landscape is going to be different. May I suggest to you in every era of your life, in every year of your life, the landscape changes. Things change. Things happen. Life changes. Maybe a job change. Uh, maybe a friendship change. Maybe a church. Listen, you move to a new place. You've got to change churches. You've got to find a new place to serve God. You've got to find a new... Listen, but God, the Bible says, your eyes have seen all the great acts of, God, of the Lord, which He did. Therefore shall you keep all the commandments that I command you this day, that you may be strong and go and possess the land, whether, whether you go to possess it. Look to me. You've seen what I've done. Don't worry. It's time to go in and possess it. And God wants you to possess the victorious life. God wants you to possess all the promises He's given to you. He's blessed your life. He's taken care of you. He's given you salvation. And He'll watch over you. He'll provide everything for you along this path called life. And why is that? I'm so thankful, Brother John, you, went to your, you and your wife were in, in Ethiopia, giving the gospel there, giving them hope, giving them help, telling them about Jesus. God, look at the eyes of those little children, those young people, those families, to think that somebody came to their country from America. Man, they, they all dream of coming to, many of them dream of coming to America. America's where they want to go. America's where they want to live. But you've left America, come and see them. That's got to be mind-boggling to them. Why would you leave that to come here? Would you leave that to go there? Because that's where God wants you. And God has given you a divine call, and I'm so thankful that you've answered that call. And that this church here for the past four years or so has been able to support you, the people of this church, to go and tell people about Jesus and that he loves them and that he'll meet their needs. 
They don't have what we have here. They don't have the medical facilities we have. They don't have all the, the, the luxuries that we enjoy. I'm so thankful today. He says, be strong. Possess it. Whether you go, possess it. Take it. So do you really possess the victorious Christian life? Are you living in victory? Are you just worrying? Are you just fretting? You see, if we spend so much time worrying, we forget that we're on a great mission from God to tell everybody about salvation, tell everybody about the security we have in Jesus, and tell everybody that they can be saved the same way I was saved and you were saved. Oh, the promise of the new land was, was incredible. What a great promise. A new land, a new home, a new place. But he says this about the new place. That you may prolong, verse 9, that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give unto them and their seed, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land, whether, whether, whether thou goest to possess it, is not the same as the land of Egypt from whence she came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot and, 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 and as a garden of herbs. But the land, whether you go and to possess it, is a land of hills and valleys and, uh, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. <laughs> the, do you get that statement? The land, a land where the Lord thy God careth for it. He takes care of it. Israel, we, some of you have gone to Israel with us. Man, we were there. It's the holy land. It's God's place. It's where Jesus was born. It's where God, the, the Bible is written about that land. It's God's land. God cares about it. God cares for it. And God will meet your need. Man, we're right there. We saw that wonderful land. It's a beautiful place. The land of Israel. It's a wonderful place. It's the Holy Land. It's God's place. This is the Holy Bible. It's God's Word. In Portland recently, they, they took Bibles and they burned them by the courthouse. They put a stack of Bibles there and they burned them. You know? It's amazing that in Portland they can burn the Bibles, but here in California they don't want us to, to gather and worship around the Bible. Isn't that kind of strange? You can burn Bibles. Nobody's done anything to those people protesting. They just let them protest. There's a big segment of our political society. Just let them do it. Just let them do it. But don't let people go to church. Don't let people go in and read the Bible and study it and gather around it. Listen, we're here today to gather around that book right there. It's not this pulpit. It's not the comfortable seats. It's not the nice air conditioning. It's this book right here. We gather around it. It's not the pastor. It's not the people. It's not the music that we normally would have. It's this book. That's why we're here. To hear a message from this book. You've read it this week. You've looked into it. You're walking according to this book. Life's journey is according to this book right here. This is what sets the tone. This is what gives us our direction. Not the government. This gives us our direction. And so we live biblically by the grace of God. 
And we don't judge the unsaved world. They don't know any better. Why would we judge them? We want to see them saved, so we're kind to them. We're helpful to them. We give them the gospel. We try to be good neighbors, and we try to be helpful when we can. Wherever we go. Why? Because we want them to know about Jesus. We want to have an avenue of a smile, of a kindness, of a tip that you give uh, to somebody at a, a restaurant, leave them a gospel track. Be generous. Man, this is a promise. We, we have promises that we possess. And God is saying here, listen, you're going into a new land. But this is different. Egypt's, it's, it's different than Egypt. There's hills and valleys. Now, Egypt is a type of the world. When we come out of Egypt, when we get saved, I'm living, I'm living in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm a born-again Christian. I don't live for what I set my goals totally on what I can gain in this world. You understand? I'm not worried about what I can gain in this world. I'm worried about what, what I'm going to have when I go out of this world. The people that I'm going to take with me by the grace of God. The people that I've led to Christ. The people that I've shared. Listen, I'm thankful that 130 people, this church, if you give to Faith Promise, you give to missions, you had a part in that. You and that's a good investment. That's 130 souls. And I, I would imagine out of that 130 people there in Ethiopia, God could save 100,000 people. Because they're going to tell others. They're going to tell others in their country. And it'll tell others. That'll tell others. So out of that 130, there could be 100,000 people. There could be a million people saved if the Lord tarries is coming. And just that 130. And that started, we had a little part in that when they came here four years ago. I'm telling you, there's nothing like serving God. There's nothing like that. There's not a life that's any better than investing in the lives of people. I can't wait to get the children back in Sunday school and get the children back in school, get the children back in master's clubs. Why is that? They've got a whole future ahead of them. They need to be nurtured. They need to be helped. They need to be encouraged. They're taught the Bible every day. Now they're at home every day. I would imagine that they're not, when they turn on the TV or look in their iPad or iPhone, their computer, they're not being lifted up for the glory of God and focused upon the promises of God. It's a promise. It's a new land. It's, there's hills and valleys. Egypt was flat. There's no valleys, no mountains. Canaan is different. Everywhere they traveled, when they entered Canaan, they encountered the hills and the valleys. And here we are in this pandemic. We have hills and valleys. We have ups and downs. But I'm telling you, the, the Bible says we just walk by faith and not by sight. We live for God. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God directs us. He delighteth in His way. We follow God. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, for we know, we know that all things work together for good. The bad, the good, the blessings, the, the, the difficulties, God works them all together for good. He's making you to what He wants you to be. He wants you to be exactly what He wants you to be. All, it works together for good for those that love God, for those that are calling towards, for His purpose, 
Listen, we're all here and the main purpose is to glorify God and, and be a lighthouse in this world that's full of darkness. Some people say, well, California's crazy. Yeah, let's, let's face it, we're all crazy, you know? We all, we all you know, just silly crazy. We, we laugh, we, we, we enjoy things, we do things for the glory of God. But let me tell you something, we are a light in a dark community. When I say dark, and, and it, it does talk about evil, and believe me, there's more evil out there. This, this is a warfare, but you bring light. You're a walking Bible. You're a living epistle. We gather around this word. You hear it. You read it at home. You begin to apply those biblical principles to your life. You become a walking Bible. You see, you live according to this book. When people look at you, they say, that's, that's, a, that's a biblical person. That's a Bible person. They live like, like Jesus lived. You understand? They're not telling you that, but they see it. You're a living epistle at work. You're a living epistle where you shop. People are reading you. They want to know about you. And what they see ought to be somebody, by the grace of God, is just walking with God, walking for the glory of God. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Our thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. And God looks at us and He loves us as we go through this pandemic, as we go through the difficulties. We don't, we're, we don't know what lies ahead, but we know that God's out in front of us. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. My, my nephew is a secret service, been in there for 30 years. He's been with kings, princesses, queens from across the world. And uh, he was in the house when he was in the White House and President Clinton was the president. He stood outside the president's office as the president came out. He said Bill Clinton was a, was a kind man, always said hello to him. He said Hillary wasn't. I'm sorry I said that. That's negative. <laughs> Hillary never said anything to him. She just walked by him. And, but he said, Bill Clinton was nice. We, we liked when the president was coming, but not when she was coming. Oh, here she comes. Don't look at her. You know. By the way, that's why she didn't win the president. Wasn't friendly. <laughs> you got to be friendly, folks. If people don't like you, they're not going to vote for you. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're running for office, be friendly. Be kind to people. That's just a sidebar. But you know what? His job was to go before the president, and make sure everything's safe. You see, the king came afterwards. The people went out and made sure the king, the roads were clear. There was no robbers. There was no assassins. Everything is clear. That's what they do for the president today. And uh, those people that are important. Those people that are saying defund the, and have no police have security around them all the time. They go in and check the house for them before they go in. They watch them, you know what I'm saying? But they don't want us to have police. Go figure, you know what I'm saying? I, oh, yeah, we want to, you know. No, we need policemen. We need to pray for policemen. Now, is every per policeman perfect? No. But every person's not perfect. And every doctor's not perfect. But I tell you what, when I, have, when I go to the hospital, I want to have a doctor, don't you? 
I heard something recently, like the doctors kill 100,000 people a year. That was a blessing. Well, I'm going to the doctor, you know. <laughs> Why, who tells those things? But it's true. You know, they come in there, they look at you, hmm, 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 hmm. They look at me, they go, hmm, you know, what, what can we do with this? I remember the doctor used to come in when Becky was in the hospital. She had her transplant. Number one, he wasn't there when the transplant happened. It was just a, the head nurse. We had complications. He wasn't there. We couldn't get a hold of him. They're trying to call the nurse. It's panicked. Everybody's panicked. We're in the room there. And uh, he'd step in the room for maybe like three or four minutes a day. We just we had to wait for him. We just had to sit there and wait for him to talk to him. I'll never forget after the transplant happened and everything, and she's, re, she's there, and he comes in, he says, well, okay, he, this way he says, well, my job's done. You're just in recovery now. And I, you know what I said to him? What did you do? <laughs> you didn't do anything. All he did was look at it, mm-hmm, and that's it. And then they took care of him. And by the way, that's what you, in your life, you've got to take care of you. Thank God if you've got a caretaker to take care of you, to, watch, to help you. Because doctors are good and we need their knowledge. And I'm thankful for the doc, Dr. Amaki. Becky loved him and so on. And he was a good doctor. But I'm simply saying this. We take, by the grace of God, we take care of ourselves and we pray and we seek. We help each other. But we do go to the doctor and find out what, what we, if we can get a remedy for something. And then we follow it. But we're looking to God. Because I'm telling you, we're all in the hands of God. God loves you. God loves you more than anybody here. God cares about you. But the land where you go to possess it is a land full of hills and valleys. I don't like the valleys. I want to be on the mountaintop. I want to have to woo-woo. You know what? But most of life is lived in the valley. Things aren't exactly the way you want it. But that's all right. Because he says, I'm the God of the valley. He's making us during this pandemic to what he wants us to be. He's shaking us up, and uh, we look to Him. There's a promise, but the process in the new land, it's different. As you're going in, the land, the, verse number 12, the land which the Lord thy God shall give thee, the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it, from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. I'm watching, and I'm going to, and I, listen, I know the season when you need rain, I'm going to send rain. God's watching. But he told them, I'm going to send you rain for your crops. I'm going to send you rain and the water's going to run down off the hills. That's one of the amazing things about the land of Israel is the water that they have, the provision, these great streams, these powerful streams, and they got that water. And it's, you know, uh, you know we, I mentioned this morning, the first service, the Valley of, uh, of Megiddo, where the battle of Armageddon is going to be fought, where great battles, this valley comes through these mountains. Today, it's agriculture, man. There's all kinds of plants and food. You, you get up on that, stand up on the peak there at Nazareth, and you look down through that valley, it's all green. Prosperity. It's food for the world. God is feeding. And God takes, because listen, God said, listen, I'm going to take care of you. My eyes will be upon you. I'll provide for you personally. You do what I say. I'll provide for you. 
And oh, that was a different process. Before they had to dig trenches, they had to get the, you know, no, God's going to send the rain. He's going to make the trenches. He's going to provide as they followed him. It was a wonderful thing. As long as they walked in obedience, they would get the rain they needed. They would get what they needed. Today for you, the Bible says in Philippians 4.19, it's very clear, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, I got, the coronavirus isn't getting much better. California shut down. People are going to begin to lose their jobs. Probably the worst of this is, not, is, is just ahead. I'm talking about people losing their jobs, losing their incomes, you know, and, and not having any money. You understand? But I'm going to tell you, for you, you, God will meet your need. So you don't have to worry. Go get you that In-N-Out burger today. You got to get in line right now to get to have the by 12, but you know, it's no big deal. And, uh, by the way, the line to In-N-Out Burger starts right here at Highland Springs when you turn left. You say, what's this long line for? What's well, In-N-Out? Get out of that line, man. You're in the wrong. You're in the In-N-Out Burger line. Oh, okay. You know, you're in line at Walmart, standing in line there. It's the In-N-Out Burger line. You're like, where's everybody going? You got to you walk around. You find out you're In-N-Out. You know. Oh boy, I haven't been there yet. Who's been to In-N-Out? All right, there's a, there's a remnant. There's a remnant of people that have been, had their lives changed. I'll never forget, I love Chick-fil-A, right? So we had this group here from West Coast Baptist College Sunday night. So we gave them some money and said, hey, go to Chick-fil-A and get yourself something to eat. Well, it's Sunday night. They drove down to Moreno Valley. They're all excited about going to Chick-fil-A. They drive in there. Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. I protested. I said, I want you open on Sunday. You know, they're open. Listen, they're open. On, they're closed on Sunday so people can go to church, and they're number two behind McDonald's and in, in uh, money's revenue for restaurants. Isn't that amazing? They'd be number one if they if they were open on Sundays, but they want people to be able to go to church, and God has blessed them. I'm telling you, you can't outgive God. You cannot be too obedient to God. God watches over you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. The scripture tells us, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor, nor for your body what ye shall put on. Is not, the li- is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? God provides. But he provides your needs. Verse 26, again, um, behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. They're just out there. They, they, God provides for them. God blesses them. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. God feeds them. God takes care of them. Are you not much better than they? Are you not much better than the fowl of the air? No, yeah, you're a human being. God loves you, and I'm telling you, God will provide for you. God takes care. Now, it's going to get worse, but, but it's okay. You know, we'll pray for other people. Let me, let me say this. You see, you live for God. You follow God. God blesses you. He blesses your life. 
It may be that in your family, you're the only one that has a job. You have brothers and sisters and aunts and all. You may have to give them, loan them some money. or get. By the way, don't loan people money. Just give it to them. If they pay it back, then it's okay. If you loan people money and they don't pay it back, then you, you'll have... You know, what, what, is, what is your friendship with your family worth? You understand? I remember when I, I borrowed $6,000 from my brother Jim when we, Becky and I bought this house. And he hurt my feelings. He said, I will make out a contract for that 6000 He said, if I die, that goes to my kids for their inheritance. The 6000 you owe me. I said, no, I want, if you die, I want that forgiven. No, I didn't say that. He's like, so I called a friend of mine. He said, he, he said, is he loaning you the money? I said, yeah. He said, what's the deal? He said, the reason your brother is a, bit, is a millionaire is because he's a businessman. Because he is a millionaire and a businessman, he has the $6,000 to loan to you. Quit complaining. I said, thanks. I hung up the phone. That was it, you know. <laughs> he loans me the $6,000. We buy the house. Now I have $120,000 equity in the house. Did I make out okay? Did God bless that? My brother said, oh, okay, I'll do it. So money will, money will cause hard feelings. You understand? Between family members. Don't do it. Don't let it do it. We're getting into a, some sticky times here. We're, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So just be, just, you've you got to, but you can look to God. My God shall provide all your needs. He feeds people. He feeds the fowl of the air. He'll take care of you. All this promises. It, there's a different process. And the process for us is looking to God. Psalm 84 and verse 6. Um, when we, listen, the Bible says there's lilies in the valley. There's lilies in the valley. Uh, in song, let's go to, to Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 1. Oh man, you know that song, He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys, he says. There's beautiful lilies in the valley. And there's beauty in the valley because God's there. And he watches over you. He protects you. That's the process. I don't live alone. Oh, I live alone, but I'm not alone. God, God provides for me. God fellowships with me. God watches over me. I'm on, a, I'm on a mission from the Lord. I've got a great purpose. And that's to tell others about Him. That's to lead my, my family, my grandchildren now. I want them to know Jesus. Ashlyn became a Christian recently. She wants to get baptized. We'll baptize the first time we can have that happen. She wants to get baptized. I want to see my grandchildren come to Jesus. Know the Lord. What a blessing. But we see the promise of the new land, process of it, but then the protection. God will protect them. He says, I see it. God cares about them. God protects them. I'm in the beginning of the year, he said, and I'm at the end of the year. God doesn't get tired. God doesn't. Listen, when you're, when you're a security guard, I hated being a security. I was a good security guard when I worked from like 10 in the morning till 6 in the morning, I was good from about 10 to 2. After 2, I was tired. After 2, I just give the people the key to the gate. Don't break in, just take it, just take the key here, and I'm going to sleep till tomorrow morning. No. You know what I'm saying? Security guards, 
you know, you're, you're good for so long. You know, Mike and Joanna had to abandon the house over here because of the fire yesterday. I don't know if you knew that they had to uh, evacuate now, man. So Mike says, listen, you take the kids and go to dad's house, and then I will, um, I'll stay here and watch the house. Joanna says, no, I'm not, you're not staying here watching the house. You're going over there with us. The house will be fine. I want you to watch the kids. See what I'm saying? He's trying to get out of work, you know? Can you... <laughs> You see Mike laying in the lazy boy chair at the house, you know, reading a book. Joanna's, <laughs> Joanna's taking care of the kids. Kids are running around, you know, screaming and everything. Mike's like, this is a hard job. He wants to be security in the house all of a sudden, you know. I'll take care of the house. I'm there. And the fire's like not, you know the fire's not coming to the house, okay? I mean, come on. I can see where the fire's going. He's like, I'm concerned about the house. No, Mike. We all know what you were thinking. You're trying to get out of work, and it's not going to happen. But uh, protection, I don't know why. I didn't plan to say that. I didn't say that in the first service. I don't know why I shouldn't have said it, but it's done. It's over. Keep it on the tape. I think it's a good story. You know, That's probably what you're going to remember from this whole message, Mike, just trying to get out of taking care of the kids. <laughs> so Mike's all worried she's going to have the baby. Well, Mike can't go to the hospital now when you have a baby because you can't go in the hospital. So he wants you to stay home and sleep. And I said, no, Mike, you need to go stand outside the hospital. Stand outside it. Don't, you know, they're, right now him and Lewis are thinking about going on a trip. <laughs> Their wives are having babies. They can't be there, Mike. They just want to go on a No, you're going to be there by, close by. Don't be getting out of that. Job chapter 23. Let's get back on here before I get these guys in trouble. Job chapter 23 and verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You know, you read the story of the Bible about a guy named Job. You know, he's a great man. See, when we're tried, I want to come forth as gold. I want to come through this pandemic with great faith. You, you've seen God work. You know the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Enjoy this time. Enjoy it. Enjoy your day today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Well, what's going to happen? Well, don't worry about it. We plan for it. We prepare. But just look at it. God takes care. He, he knoweth the way that I take. He knows what's going to happen. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. Again, we talked about the fowl of the air, but he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? One of them shall not fall to the ground without your Father in heaven. God knows. God knows. Verse 30, Matthew chapter 10, verse 30. But the, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Amen? He knows. God knows you. And he takes care of you. He loves you. He watches over you. I'm thankful for the people we have in our lives. You understand? They love us. But they don't love us like God. Let's look to him. Let's follow him. Oh, the protection of the new land. He says, I watch over it. I'm watching over it. My eyes are upon it all the time. And uh, we know the steps. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Hebrew 13 and verse 5. 
what does it say? Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's with you. Matthew 28 and verse 20. Again, we find his presence, teaching them to reserve all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, hey, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. And all God's people said, he's there. He's watching over you. And uh, he's going to bless you. And so, who knows what phase we're in. You know, the, you know I was in Michigan. They went from, back from phase three uh, the governor's back to phase two. We're going to, you know, shutting every this down, shutting that down, shutting it. Listen, we don't know which direction things are going, but we know this: God's in control, and He's going to take care of it. We know that we need to read the Word, study the Word, follow the Word, and look to God. Love our families. We need to be soul winners. We need to love the lost. We need to tell people about Jesus Christ, and look to Him. And uh, they were to possess that new land. And they were going to have victory. They didn't have to worry. Victory was guaranteed. The Bible says in Romans 8, 37, For we, by the grace of God, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know your labor is not in the vain in the Lord. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Victory. I love victory. I've told you this often. I like to watch replays of, of games that I know my team wins. You know what I'm saying? I already know the end of the game. I already know what's happening. And, uh, and uh, I like those. And you know what? I already know what happens at the end of this game. We're more than victors. We're blessed. And so um, let's be thankful. Let's look to him. Let's follow him. Let's be a great witness as we move forward by his grace. Father in heaven, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your goodness for us. And Lord, we just pray you'll bless now our time together uh, as we're dismissed from this service. Lord, we thank you for Brother Josh Lovegrove that's here. And Lord, we pray that you'll bless him as he brings uh, a message in just a short time. Thank you for everyone that's here. God, speak to hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you stand with me, please? And uh, let's sing. Brother Mike, you'll come. If you're, if you're here and you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, come and receive Christ. If you're watching by live stream, I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. What we must do is realize we're sinners. We look to God. By faith, we trust Him. March 12, 1972, at the Rochester Hills Baptist Church in Rochester Hills, Michigan, I received Christ as a 15-year-old teen. Jesus came into my life, and He can come into yours today. Open your heart to Him. If you're listening on live stream, what do you do? Open your heart to Jesus. Lord, well, this is what you pray. Lord, I'm a sinner. I would be lost without you. I'm asking you now to come into my heart and be my Savior. By faith, I put my trust in Jesus Christ and what he did upon the cross.
We look to Him. Look to Him and receive Him in the blood that He shed upon the cross. And He'll come into your heart and into your life and He'll be your Savior.